about to be a completely unreliable asshole. Timber Tim. Three is a magic number. Is that right? What? Th- three is the magic number? What? <laughs> you, you, like, like, are no? you asking me if that's true or are you asking me if that's something? <laughs> it's a song, isn't it? Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of Dismembering Horror, the <laughs> podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie, and... Myself, Tim Aslan. <laughs> we, well, we watch a horror film and we dismember it, meaning we talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything interesting or noteworthy. And I put some emphasis on for us because, well, we, we are not claiming to make anything beyond claims here. We, we hope that our talking about what subjectively worked for us inspires you to mull your own mullings. <laughs> cool. Mull them, mull them right apart. Yeah. Great. And we've made it to episode 36, and here we all are. 36. Mm-hmm. There mm. you go. Three and three plus three equals six. Or so. three plus three times two. I'm going to sneeze. Hey! Holy shit. Only you were a triple sneezer, then <laughs> all this would be justified. I can confirm. Three is the magic number. It's a magic number, according to Schoolhouse Rock. I know one is the loneliest number. That's true. I know it takes two. Baby. Me and you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you you want? Do you know why I said three is a magic number? Because we're watching a third film in a series Not just a third film, but definitely the best of the three. Ooh, not to get too far ahead. Just my personal opinion. Right. <laughs> if you tuned in at the if you tuned in last week when we pulled today's film Paranormal Activity 3, you'll know I kind of went on a, a like a well what was I saying about the third one is a lot of times for these horror uh not just trilogies, but horror um franchises, mm. the mm-hmm. third one is kind of when they can get it all to be doing the most it it can be. Yep. And I was using the third Nightmare on Elm Street as an example, the third Friday the 13th as an example. It's like once they've sort of fully realized what their premise is, well, they fully realize it. Yep. And it sounds like that's what was the case of this one for you, Tim. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Well, then, uh, do you, should, should we get into it, play a trailer for what yeah. we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, I just said it. This week, we watched Paranormal Activity 3. Classic. Katie, wait, wave hi to the camera, Katie. Hey, Christy, you want to say hi? Come on, give, a, give, give us a wave here, Christy. <laughs> Whatever happened to us when we were little, I don't remember anything. Whatever it was, it thrived on fear. More we paid attention to it, the worse it got. Okay, I think it's on. Remember the rules? Yes. Say Bloody Mary three times. Okay, we'll drop lights. Okay, you ready? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I'm scared. 
wow, none of that's in the actual movie. <laughs> kind of incredible, right? <laughs> like zero. You think they had a shoot zero day where it's it. like, okay, so today we're shooting the trailer. <laughs> Shit, maybe. That's really interesting. I don't know. I don't know why that would be yeah. the case. I mean, that's a good thing of note for our last section that we'll mention now instead. <laughs> Because we just learned it. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. That's cool. I, I, I have thoughts. Let's well, let's circle back around later. Okay. Uh, so now we're on to the summary. summary. Uh, we're just looking at each other. Shit. Who's going to do it? I'll do it. I'll do it. Here we go. Ready? After the events of Paranormal Activity 1 and 2, where we met Katie and S- Cindy... Is that her fucking name? Christy. Christy. God damn it. The sisters. Okay, so we met Katie and Christy as adults, and we saw that Katie got possessed, and then we saw that Christy made a deal somewhere in their past uh, about, like, getting her first child taken or something like that, right? Okay, I've... So, t- so I got to jump in here, Tim, because <laughs> I, I meant to say more up at the head and at the, the front here. <laughs> I'm coming off watching... All the paranormal activities through four. So this is a test. Am I passing? So not quite. Fuck. So it's been like ten years since I saw those. Two. So I watched. <laughs> so I watched. But Tim, as you learned earlier today, and our audience, I watched. Here's a little a little trick question. I watched all five paranormal activity films up through four. What? There so are there's... two sequels. There's two number twos. That's to- oh, you watched the I watched the Tokyo Night Paranormal Activity Tokyo Night. Why did? How did you? It's, sorry, Paranormal Activity Two Tokyo. Right. Night. How did you even come across that? I was, was looking it- at the Wikipedia. Oh, okay, so you found it. Yeah, Jesus. I was looking up the movies to watch. Does it like, play into the continuity of the other yes. ones? What? So it does. It it's a it, it's a. In all, not what do you say? It's another. Um, it's like, like where a, it branches like a tangent? off. Tangent. Yeah, I don't know. because it doesn't fall into the continuity of them all, but it does continue the continuity of the first one. Oh shit! Which is so you have this like this young Japanese woman who gets home after being in America in like San Diego, and sure. she's coming home with an injury, and we figure out that she um she hit a woman with her car who like jumped out in front of her car or like appeared all of a sudden in front okay. of her car and like got into an accident and killed the woman or whatever. And it's that woman was Katie at the end of the first one who, you know, disappeared. Oh, so she, right. so we learn in, in this one, Tokyo night that she hit Katie with her car who then like, she sort of learned that she was a murderer because she murdered, you know, her husband, bo- her husband or boyfriend, boyfriend, right. whatever. And, um, and now she's back in in Japan and brought this uh, this because she killed the possessed. I guess you know it then attached itself to her. That's weird though, because isn't in the second so doesn't the second paranormal like the actual number two? <laughs> Katie's in it, but she's still possessed because uh, she like comes over no, and tries number, to steal no, the baby. No, because number two is a sidequel. Oh, it's happening in conjunct. That's right. Oh, I forgot that. So there, ha- that's essentially happening at the same time. And so as- number two is about is is where is- she's also being the 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 non Katie sister. Christy is her family's being harassed. But what happens is that it's actually that Christy's family, the husband and Christy, they deliberately give the demon curse 
to Katie. That's how the second one ends. And that's how the first one gets set up. Oh, shit. So they're right. actually horrible people who like the only thing that they could do to get rid of the curse was to give it to Katie. Okay. But then jokes on them because after they do that, cursed Katie comes and kills him and right. takes the little boy. Right. Which was part of the deal that we learn about in right. three. We learn about it in two. Right, right, the, right. So in, so in we two. We learn that it exists, but we learn right. how it came the little, to be. The daughter in two puts together that um, this is why I love oh franchises God. because oh <laughs> tried to do this. Oh my God. Okay, Tim. This is literally I like, can't lose you this yet, is Tim. The, this is, we need the big board with right. the fucking red yarn and all of that. We shit. barely scratched the surface, Tim. <laughs> Stay with me. Okay. Okay, so the daughter in the second one is looking up all the things on the internet about demons, blah, 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 and figures out that... Um, that it must be someone in like further down their family lineage. So that's what we, when we learn about grandma in the third one, mm -hmm. that's sort of who she vaguely refers to. So it must've been like, Oh yeah, someone, right. not my mom or dad, but someone in this line wants the first offered up child, the first right? male child yeah. in the lineage, which then gets so confusing in the other ones, like the third and f the, the fourth one, especially it's like, well, who exactly are they? Wait, why do they, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why are they going after these women over and over again? Then? Well, and the fourth one is the one that I thought I, uh, that I know I've seen that I thought was the third one oh, okay. that I was like smoked a J and uh, watched with my buddy. So I realized that was the fourth one. So I had not seen the third one at oh, okay. all. Okay, That kind of works though, since that it's a was prequel awesome. though. Yeah, it was cool. So, okay. So, so where are we? <laughs> okay, so we're in three. Three is essentially a flashback to Katie and Christie's childhood mm -hmm. and sets up the basic impetus, at least from their perspective, of why this demon is attached to them, which they don't remember as adults. So up until this point, we don't really know why. You or get the, the sense events. that they sort of do and don't, that they're probably, I, I got the sense that they do, but it's like, they don't even talk about it to themselves. They really quell it down as much as yeah, possible. Yeah. It's like, uh, what do you call that? Like, it's a, like a, rep a, a repressing repress. trauma. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is the trauma. So let's see. So let's start over. Paranormal Activity 3. Now that you've gotten the background, you can get on board with the third uh, movie. <laughs> yeah. Which is Katie and Christy as little kids and their mom, who has a new boyfriend named Dennis, who's a videographer. And Dennis, some, you know, he moves in with them. And starts hearing noises and shit and whatever. And he thinks, this, this is weird. Let's see if what's going on. So he sets up, you know, camcorders around the house. And then they start catching shit. And it's that Christy has an imaginary, in quotes, friend named Toby, who seems to be the source of this shit. And he lives in a little crawl space in their bedroom. And then all hell breaks loose. He basically become, you know, he haunts the shit out of them. And Dennis has to figure out what the fuck's going on. And yeah, I don't know. What else should I add to that? So why is Toby going after the little girls 
if they made a deal for the first boy. Well, I feel like they didn't. That's like the big sort of uh, turn of the last act is that Christy finally like when when is it Katie's being really like harassed? Christy finally says, "Okay, fine, I'll do it." Yeah. So she may she agrees to something, and we we kind of vaguely know what that is. But yeah, this is where mm, it gets a little murky for for me. I'm it, sure somebody could like it could be kind of like hereditary, where it's like the uh, yeah the, the you have the older women like you know the grandma looking down two generations and just sort of wanting to shepherd them mm-hmm. into like their good life or whatever. So uh, you know, ideally uh, bringing them up so they'll have their own kids, so then they can get to the firstborn son then. But, like, making it so they're kind of, like, attached to the spirit in a way, or this demon. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the, it seems as though the grandma is, they've been trying to accomplish this. And obviously it didn't work with her daughter because she didn't have a son. And, oh, that's right. And she's like, you should have more kids, right? Is Dennis really the right guy thing? Oh, yeah. Remember that little bit? I'd forgotten about that. So so that's a clue that the grandma wants her daughter to have a son. But since it's not going to happen, then she starts coaxing. She's allow. I guess she's opening the door, so to speak, to allow Toby, the spirit, to then coax Christy into agreeing to this thing. Mm-hmm. I guess that's sort of the the arc of, of their <laughs> intention, right? Is that you've, you know, in actuality, know, it's like the bad guy is sort of the grandma. Yeah. Because she's the one with the agenda. She or someone up even above her. Right. The the coven of, of women. Right. Yeah. Made a deal for success. Clue. Yeah. Right. Which is the same as hereditary. So this must be um, in in sort of the witchcraft, satanic, demon lore stuff. This may must be a sort of a common And Rosemary's theme. Baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Rosemary's Baby. Right. So, so that must be a thing. That and that's what about. this thing is. Great. That's the summary. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Next part. Next section of our show is how would we rate it in our rating system? This was hard for me because like I watching them all like I did. It's like, I want to say it's, I'm always down to rent, do whatever you have to do to, uh, to, to binge a franchise yet yeah, just as an individual film, it's like a, a solid, like, these movies aren't nearly as bad as the reputation, so you should stream it. Okay. I have a... Here's, here's how I see this movie. This is, like, the greatest movie of all time to stream. <laughs> like, you're getting... Definitely the most out of this movie <laughs> yeah. as a streaming. It, like if I came across this movie and it wasn't available to stream and there's probably this is why, because they know that it, 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 it it's the best of the three. And so they're they're keeping it close. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 you, you're you, let's make best this of the seven. Maybe. I mean, I've only I've seen got four, through four and there's, I've got through five. I've got through four. I've got through five. I've got through four. I've got through <laughs> number four and I've gotten through five films. That's right. And there's something I've liked best about each one. Oh, okay. Which I can get into later. But. So 
I would say I give it a rent. I'm like glad I spent $4 on this. Yeah. So yeah, it's a rent for me. Mm-hmm. I fucking really liked That's it. Awesome. <laughs> and I, like, I think I've said this before. I'm not a big fan of like ghost movies. Yeah. But there's something you know, you fun did, about this. This is why there's it. so many of these. You there's some fun stuff to these franchises. Henry and Ariel. To these films. Or Ariel. Oh, I God. I don't know, man. Should I, should I stick with stream it? Rel. He goes by Rel. Stream it or rent it. I'll just... I'm going to... St- <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I said what I said. Like, as yeah. a, if you could watch them all, I'm always down to binge franchises, so so rent it. But, I mean, for me, it's like a really good stream it. So I'm just go stream it. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. But as you'll see in our next section, which we will get to now, there's plenty that worked for me. So should we get into what worked for us? We should. What worked for you? What worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> Every time it just says night number whatever, it's like, (laughs) that's what these movies are all about. It's like, those are the Jason kills for this franchise. Like whatever we're watching, whatever we're tuning in for. That's it, man. It's like get the little day stuff. We've maybe had the setup, and then it's gonna be the first night, and then night one comes on. We're like, we're in it. It's yep. happening. Yep. And yep. It's, yep. It is just kind of the best. And it's funny they don't change the font. That's what cracks me up. Kind of something about these movies is like it all started from this like seven thousand dollar film or whatever, and these actors, and it's like yeah. whatever font choice they made then for you know saying night number three. What you know they're they're casting then. I just love how it's like percolates and lasts through all these like they made the choices for little did they know for these six other films so good this is the fun but yeah you know what i mean though how just whenever that kicks in it's just like because i'll never forget the first i saw the first paranormal activity in theaters and i saw at the arclight hollywood and it was like in the big dome theater and it was like an advanced free screening kind of thing you know Mm, word of mm -hmm. mouth screening and i just will never forget every time that came up and it was nighttime there was just this collective like tensing up in the whole in the whole audience <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah maybe they get sillier and like you know less actually scary as they go on because it's kind of repeating something but it's still like the anticipation is just so much fun it doesn't matter what happens yeah it's funny you know th- here's what i here's why i like these movies even though I think that the first two have things that I, I don't love and whatever, but I am so susceptible. Like I love ghost shows, right? Like ghost hunting shows and your buddy, Zach Bagan. That's right. My best friend, Zach. <laughs> God, um, we're so similar. <laughs> we both wear, we both like to wear, um, sleeves that look like you have a tattooed sleeve but it's just actually a sleeve sorry to distract you this is the one time i've seen any of those shows was like with you here oh yeah that's right okay so i love those shows and i love youtube like ghosts caught on camera shit 
Lo- like, I love that. And so essentially that's where these movies came from, right? Like they knew that that was a thing that people got into. And so two smart people or whoever, I forget, Oren, Pell and Pelly or Pelly, whatever. The catfish guys. They fucking are smart and they put together this original movie that is basically just an extension of a YouTube, my house is being haunted, let me try and catch a ghost on camera thing. And so that all works for me perfectly. Like it gets this very specific frequency of joy, like humming for me. Yeah. So in this one, I think that because we're going back in time and we're going to, you know, we're going to the, what is it? The 90s? No, it's the mid 80s. It's the mid 80s. Oh, wow. Jesus. Remember the babysitter? Yeah, that's right. So we're going to a time that's even more, it's nostalgic, but it's also sort of uh, like it's representative of, I don't know what to even call this. It's like the fact that he's using a camcorder versus like a digital camera or an iPhone or whatever. It's like that. They only record for six hours each. Yeah, that time and that sort of feel is really pleasing to me and gets me in even more in the same way that sort of poltergeist gets you in. It's like, it's a family. It feels like a real place. It feels like a real time. And that then creates this undercurrent of we're, we're especially what this is aiming at. It is a pseudo documentary. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of getting pulled into this, feeling or lulled into this sense that we're we're we are voyeuristically watching something that did actually happen even though we definitely know it's a movie it's it's hitting i think just a, a a nice perfect sort of balance of like i feel like this is real yeah even though it's it's obviously not i it's 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 i think something that getting per- that feel just right. Something that makes that exactly work so well for me, which sort of took me till number four to really get how how effective it was, was just the set deck and production design, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Like you have the first one, which kind of ironically is the guy's actual house, the filmmaker's right. actual house, and they probably didn't do anything. And that's honestly kind of the worst where it yeah. does feel kind of weirdly clean or empty. Yes. Um, but then you have the... All the other ones do such a good job at making these feel like lived in. Because, you know, you feel like in a lot of movies, maybe just, you know, not found footage for movies, whatever, films, all films, that's just like, yeah, but it doesn't feel real. You know, it doesn't have the little like detail. It doesn't, it's not kind of messy the same way. You don't have that little sort of idiosyncratic item in the corner. Right. You know, they do such a good job at having that all here. Like the fish tank with the little chest, you know, the bubble chest. Yeah. Like little things like that. It elicits how you have, how we all had our own versions of those growing up. That's right. That's exactly, I think, what I'm trying to hone in on. Even the, the fact that the girl's bedroom is like a loft space. I remember those fucking house designs as a kid. And like... There was something really kind of novel about them because it wasn't what my house was like. But when you would go to like, I don't know, you know, some you'd visit somebody in some other city 
and they would have this like this particular architecture from that yeah. is of a time. I think it would be technically kind of a late 70s, early 80s architecture, yeah. I think. And it's like like those weird <laughs> fireplaces in weird you know, like it's like a, it's a certain level of like socioeconomic, you know, like they're not super rich, but they're not like they're right. they're like upper middle class. Well, I mean, that hit home for me because that's that was my upbringing. And then this was Santa Rosa, which is my right. yeah. like next door, next door to my hometown, you know, all the same area. And I just just that house as a character was just. Yeah, it brought me right back. Exactly. You said the kind of weird loft bedroom of the kids. It's like felt so distinctly. Uh... There's another architecture thing <laughs> of that era of like multi sort of um, leveled tiers of, of like you, yeah. you, you often have like a sunken living room. You know, right. it's a few steps down or like in like these loft spaces that are just sort of open to the rest of the place. Like that was always, I don't know, it just, it, it they perfectly, give the character. yeah, it touches this perfect nostalgic thing for me. Yeah. Because I was, you know, in my whatever, I was like eight-ish or so. Um, so. Well, talking about how it. the. Uh, Design. So good. How all that becomes characters in itself. Something else that you kind of, I think. We're getting at earlier when you said like there's just something, whatever is the the recurring things of this film that that work that really get mm -hmm. you into the, these films. But one of it was one thing I want to mention was how each angle becomes like a character or something you get to know. Dude, definitely. Like they set up the cameras in each of these films and they're different spots, and then it's like. Yeah, as I just said, you get to know it. You're sort of like, you get to know how you scan the room. You're sort yeah. of, okay, we're in this spot now and this spot now. They yeah. become, they grow over time. <laughs> they become, well. Well, they, and here's the thing is, is that you, you set all that up and you get, you get familiar and comfortable with it, but they're really smart about changing those. Um, you know, essentially it's changing location in a way, right? We get used to the setup of like the the girls' room, like looking down the stairs and and at their beds. But there are times when we pick that camera up, or they pick the camera up, and they move it around, and we get to see the room from a little bit different angles. And you go whoa! And they progress that actually up until one of my favorite. Whoa, that was my stomach. Um, one of my favorite scare moments, which is the Bloody Mary with the babysitter guy in the in the bathroom. So we're seeing that that room. Or that location from a totally different perspective suddenly and shit goes down. So there's something really smart about sort of setting up your status quo of how we view this this world and then being like leading up to a big moment. We get kind of a new angle on it. Yeah. Um, the oscillating fan thing is genius. So that was I was going to say too the panning camera. I, I use the word inspired. But yeah, same thing. It is. Absolutely. It is. Here's why I think it, I say the word genius. It's the simplest of simple yeah. ideas to go back and forth, eliminating what's in view and then going back to, you know, where you, you establish, you move away from it. You know, something's going to be right. coming back and you do it enough times so that you're always kind of primed up for it's it. It's like the most these of these movies you can do you know it's yeah. so uh, yeah it was but you so can't smart. really do that in the first two because of the modern sort of 
they're using like yeah. security cameras. Here he Jerry rigs like, one of those big old video cameras on top of a fan. Dude, yeah, so, it's so fucking smart. But I mean, I said, well, that sort of, sort of is such a like the fullest extent you can take this premise is because of how you just described it, the tenseness of each time it moves. You're like, what's going to be there when it goes back? And something about the speed they like yeah. got just right. <laughs> yeah. The distance it travels, they got yeah. just right. The fact that they put it in a corner where in dead center is an obstructed view you have yeah. the you have the chimney of that uh fireplace that's in a non-used fireplace has a little like horse thing that's really creepy looking too so that's smart right like don't leave an empty fireplace when it's the center point of a of a pan because we're gonna that's the thing we're gonna see the most so right. make it something just a little creepy it like splits put that up horse in sections you're saying yeah. and it allows for things to go behind yeah yeah you know, our view and move from if room it, to you're room. You're right. If it wasn't split, then it would be linked. It wouldn't have the same effect. You yeah. know, it wouldn't be these two areas I'm looking so at. So they're just, it's just fucking super smart to to set all of that up. It, it helps their storytelling. Yeah. I know, I know. Whenever they figured that out, they were rightly, I'm sure, <laughs> proud of themselves. Yeah. yeah. So fuck, it's, I love that shit. Um, what other sort of broad setup things do we have that are good? Um, I love cameras in mirrors. It is very unnerving to me. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, and I love, and this is true for the other films. I, I am very unnerved by watching people sleep. And like I said to you, I asked you if, if you have ever filmed yourself sleeping and you said, no, I have not either. And I specifically have not because I'm scared to watch that footage. There was a scene in the fourth one that played on that really well of like... I don't remember it, but... Yeah. I I think it's because the uh, the idea of the unknown that's around you when you're most vulnerable mm -hmm. is a, it's like a really, really fucking good um, you should do it, setup. I don't even want to see what I do. <laughs> like, I move around a lot in my sleep. I just, I, it, there's even just an element of like, it'll be embarrassed. I'll be embarrassed what by if, myself. Like, you're playing it fast forward and like your roommate comes over and totally does the like, you know, where you just stay. Fuck <laughs> that. I would fucking change the locks so fast. That's for me is when I, um, that's what I call to paranormal activity it when it's like, <laughs> I remember I was dog sitting once and I like set up the camera to see what my, the cat, my cat and the dog did or like what they were, you know, afterwards. And this, it was so creepy. And I just described it as like, oh yeah, he was totally paranormal activitying where it was like, <laughs> I'm gone for an hour and I'm playing it in fast forward and he just stands in the same place oh and just God. kind of like, you know what I'm talking about? Is I do. I do. I think that's... It's a, I mean, the, 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 it is the premise in a way, right? Like it's the, the, what's the thing? The, the, the promise of the, the promise of the premise. You had another one you came up with a few episodes ago that oh, was right. like the, it was all peas. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it really is. It's the un, it's seeing the thing that we can't see in, in real time, right? Like in, you can't watch yourself sleep. So you just don't know what's going on then. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it's the vulnerability of being asleep. Those are great setups. And they just get us fucking going. You know, you see that, you go, oh, shit, something's going to happen. Some covers are going to move. 
<laughs> they always do. They always do. Some things are going to fall and they always do. Well, that's what's funny because like if uh, you, you hear the critiques of these films and it's like, oh, it's the same as last one. It's just the same stuff. And it's like, yeah, I guess, you know, stuff falls. Stuff has moved. Something goes by. There's a switch. There's a dark. But it's like. It, it's it's how the, the, the you can see the filmmakers they aren't literally doing the same thing no. though it's like same stuff but it's the the wrappings around it which mm-hmm. are like which is fun it is why there's eight uh, you know of these other well franchises. Here, here's a good example of why that argument is kind of bullshit in the first one in particular the big scares are are largely just really loud bangs like those are the 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 quote unquote jump scares, the things that get us really kind of to like jolt. They're just bangs. They're big bangs and the chandelier shakes. You know what I mean? You remember what I'm talking yes. about? In the second one, you know, you get a couple more things, but you know, you. The it, big one of the second one was pretty cool. Is when she was standing in the kitchen. I think it, it was yes. during the day, and just everything just fell and opened at the same time. That's right. So this one is, yeah, it's taking essentially those things, but it never does a, a super loud noise uh, jump scare. It does, it just doesn't do it. The quote unquote best version of that is, I think, one of the best scares in the whole thing. The fake out scare. The fake out. Scare. You, you, the jump scare when she jumps out of the closet. Oh fuck, that one is. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love that. She's, it actually fucking scared me. Right. Like she, she's I, wearing a mask. Yeah. Cause it was so unexpected <laughs> that version. So this is what I'm saying. They are saying, yeah, we know, we know what you're expecting right. and they're, and they're figuring out how to take it to a level that is enhanced Wait. and bigger than anything so we've was seen that, up to what that I, point. what I just said, I thought that might have been what you were getting to as no, your favorite scare. No, no, it's not, although it is one of the most effective ones for sure. But my favorite one, the one that actually unnerved me the most, like actually made me go, holy fuck, like I felt it in like the pit of my stomach and I got chills, was her going into the kitchen and everything is gone in the kitchen like all of the plates, all of the everything is is not there anymore. And and then it all dro- it's out of frame. It's on the ceiling and it drops down onto the floor. There is something that I, I mean, first of all, I didn't expect that to be. I just was like, oh, everything is gone. Like it's. Been oh, I didn't realize somehow. things were gone at all. I didn't yeah. quite get that scare the same way. So like. I remember, you know, they pan back over because they're using the oscillating fan thing. Oh, yeah. They pan back over and everything is is literally disappeared from the kitchen. And my brain kind of went, hang on. So just the fact that they did just a, enough of a thing to make your, you go, wait, what's different about this? Yeah. In the moment I realized that everything was gone was essentially – matched with the moment that everything reappears That's and great. drops onto the floor. So it, like their timing on that was fucking perfect. And it made me actually like, I was like scared. I had a, I had a fight or flight, like, <laughs> you know, the hairs all fucking jumped up on my, my entire body. Which is why we watch these movies. Too. And I was like, holy shit. Like I'm amazed at how effective that was yeah because there's the i mean there's the loudness of everything hitting the floor but beyond that it's just 
it's just the action of the film. It's not an additive thing. They're not doing a loud like screech or or boom or music cue or whatever. It's just the shit's just happening. And I think that's what makes it so unnerving is because it feels again like you're in a real place. Mm-hmm. And fuck, I I mean I don't know I. I kind of want to watch it again to see how effective it is when you see it a second time, when you know it's coming. But it's really unnerving to me. So that one and just the intensity of the two other big ones, which are um, Katie really being attacked, like like intensely when they're sleeping and the bed moves at one point. You know, the setup of all of that is awesome because you've got it's very, very like cleanly progressive. It starts with a noise. Katie wakes up, and then the there's like a little drawing that's taped to the banister. Essentially, mm-hmm. that starts waving back and forth like there's just wind in there. And then the the pendant lights start to sway. And then I think her covers had been moved or whatever. That's what woke her up. But all of that just progresses into her being like flung around the room and shits oh, flying yeah. all over the place. And, like, it really did. It felt like Poltergeist. It felt like the the finale of Poltergeist when everything in the room is going towards the closet. And it's, like, I think in the filming of that, they probably turned the set sideways and it just is all falling down. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's something unnerving and unnatural about that. And I think they're hitting just this perfect tonality of, like, it's unnatural, but I still feel like it's happening in a real space as opposed to, like, CGI stuff or filming like post editing things where it's like you're fucking around with the frame rate or you're fucking around with the et- like you're cutting frames you're out watching or something. it actually happen yeah yeah and fuck dude i mean there's a little wonkiness in the cgi of her being flung around i think but it's okay because we're in a camcorder so you're kind of forgiving of that how like you're describing these scares though just seem to me like they're so it's why one watches ghost movie so it's interesting that you aren't very into them that's the thing i think the reason i'm not into ghost movies like i guess in quotations is when i know it's a fiction so in other words the conjuring is a movie it's a fictional movie like i know that we're we're i have to buy into those movies are such movies though that's what i mean and so those I'm, I have a really hard time with because it's like you all you have to buy in to I, their world. But it feels world. like you're saying you you like me, like I it's like the documentary. No, 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 I was gonna say, but like, but you also appreciate Poltergeist and you appreciate that. That's I think, true. I think you appreciate. Like I don't know. I'm I'm on your page as far as like I like good ghost movies. Yeah, I guess that's really true. I mean, I think what I complain about is the tropiness of mediocre ghost movies where yeah. it's always the same kind of structural thing and because like the best scene in poltergeist is when they're smoking the joint in bed together because you like <laughs> yeah because it's a real yeah pe- it's real people if you can hone in on feeling like you're in a real space with real people i'm in that's what that scene does and if that's why the movie's so good vera formiga and and your best friend patrick wilson is that his name yep yet? i'm like i'm in a movie yep so I don't know. Point is, the scares felt like something that I could have or like have dreamt about experiencing in real life. Mm -hmm. 
And that's super effective. And they executed it really well right. and really intensely. Like that, like I said, when the furniture in the in that that scare with Katie in the bed moves, I was like, dude, we're fucking in like this is way more intense than right. anything we've seen up was, to this point. I was just trying to make the distinction, like, and I think we're the same way where it's like I can have fun with a bad slasher movie or a bad, like, uh, you know, quote unquote, uh, monster movie or uh -huh. something. But for a ghost movie, yeah. it's not as fun. You want it to be good. Yeah, because I think it falls into cliche really easily. I like the we, innkeepers. That was pretty good. I liked that too, but I think it's because it has that kind of pseudo documentary feel. Well, Even it just took a long, does. it has good characters and took a long time to build up. That's yeah. what I thought was good. Yeah. I mean, it is a, it is a, I just think you should readdress your statement of, I don't like ghost yeah, movies. That's I agree. <laughs> I don't like bad ghost movies. Fair, which I'd say fair <laughs> enough. I agree. But there, I like ba uh, bad other types yes, of movies. So right. yeah, you're right. Um, okay. So I covered, let me see if I'm remembering. I loved any time there was witchy stuff. And they use it few and far between, and it's kind of the <laughs> backbone of everything. Yeah. But it's, oh my God, I love it. It's so great. Wasn't that the, what was the final twist of this one? Was it where they see, it was <laughs> him, well, Dennis. The final moment. Dennis going from one house to the next in the mom's house. He has to go through that little breezeway. Yeah. And getting to this, I, I don't know if it was like the garage or just another extension of the house. Right. Him opening that fucking door and it's just like the like six older women right. standing there is great. So, yeah, it was it, great. It didn't feel scary to me necessarily, but it's really creepy. The fourth one <laughs> took that ending and improved on it and I think was really scary. Yeah, I don't even It remember. was the same but more. Okay. I'll put it that way. Cool. <laughs> um... Yeah, I just like where the, it all sort of the trajectory of it all was really pleasing to me, too. But would you, did you like the witchy stuff, too? Like how that was the backbone of it? Because yeah. off of the first one, they could have they sort of went the demon angle. And then yes. with the second one, they went the sort of witch influenced. Yeah, demon, you know? I, I think the thing that I missed or or when I watched the first one, I remember thinking, OK, we did the Ouija board thing and then we had the quote unquote expert show up. Yep. I wanted more more of that, like, we're figuring out what and why from the expert. And they don't do it. The expert in the first one basically shows up and leaves. You should He's watch like, that. Fuck that I'm Tokyo out. Night has a bit more of that. You yeah. should watch it. Because I really like that. I like uh, demonology lore. Well, it was great. In Tokyo shit. Night, like you that. had this full, like, Japanese priest show up and do this whole ceremony great. and stuff. Yes. It was cool. I mean, this is why I like Hereditary. Because mm -hmm. it is really honing in on that shit. And Rosemary's Baby. So it's like, yeah, I mean, in a way, it's like if Rosemary's Baby is sort of the precedent, Hereditary is our modern version of that. This, to me, the paranormal activities are like the fucking carnival like the, middle the perfect ground aughts carnival middle ground yeah you know? and i love i it just feels good i liked how uh i thought you know i was just sort of picking up on ways of how they in the second one it can get a little frustrating when you're when it's like okay this worked in the first one but now because they're doing it a second time it's a little frustrating meaning like the the ouija board comes back in the second mm -hmm. one kind of thing so i liked in this one how they 
when they use the Ouija board as a clear, which is used like in, I think the conjuring movies and stuff too, or one of those movies where it's like, um, insidious is where it, it, uh, it conjures, it connects, it opens the door more to the demon. Um, so with this one, it's like, well, okay. You're kind of like, okay, is that, if that's what's necessary. So it's a combination of them showing more fear or acting on their fear and sort of opening the doorway more. It's a little vague, but uh, I thought it was really cool for this one rather than the Ouija board route. They went with playing Bloody Mary, which mm-hmm. makes sense as a sort of the same. It's the same gist of you are making a deliberate right. calling, asking for uh, the presence. You know, you're making the connection stronger. Yeah, I thought it was cool mixing it up with Bloody Mary. And then um, another way this one, did you want to say something on that? No, I'm just thinking about how much I like that scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I it's like, again, it's a mirror, it, the mirror shit. Yeah. I love that. I don't know why it's so good. Well, a camera facing a mirror is very like unsettling to me. I don't know why. Yeah. It's kind of like that effect when you're, when you're standing between two mirrors and you look and yeah. it's the hall of mirrors. Yeah. It's just sort of like breaks the fourth wall and then some. Right. Maybe that's what it is, is that when you have a camera facing a mirror, you are no longer a, what would it be? A subjective uh, camera. Mm-hmm. You now are, everything is every, like there's nothing not in view. You're totally in the space. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that there's something about that and the, the, the observer, the camera you there there doesn't there no longer needs to be a human in there in that like you yeah. now have access to a 360 view essentially and no people and there's something just like i don't know the like creepy as fuck about that i just don't quite know what <laughs> um the other thing that this one mixed up the formula a bit it was in the first two you kind of have the like the stereotypical uh husband who's like i don't believe in this it's so yeah. ridiculous and it kind of cracked me up in the second one like this the, the dad guy he gets so mad when the housekeeper is like um saging the whole place right. he's like what is this i told you not to do this and then he like swings open the doors and just like starts like fanning it all out he's so mad it's, it's so funny it's like God, God, breathe in this stuff and then, <laughs> which actually it worked in the great, uh, what was great about the second one in the end though, was kind of the whole movie worked off of kind of hating these people. Right. Right. Because we're in this one. I, I quite like yeah. everybody. Wait, right. So in, and part of why I like these, this one, what I was getting to was that the boyfriend, husband character, surrogate character in this one was the one who was kind of more open and pursuing mm-hmm. of like, oh yeah, no, we should record though. This is interesting. I, I got this book on demonology, me and my little buddy who does wedding videos with me. I think that there is, this is accurate to the time. Yeah. Which is weird. Like the eighties was sort of this like pocket of time where like masculinity was, was a little more free flowing. Like you didn't have to be this, this like, 60s sort of I'm a man's right. man thing but you had this weird you had uh people were like Bob exploring weird short life. shorts yeah you had mustaches <laughs> yeah. you had tube socks you had fucking cutoffs right. remember that shirt that cut off like right below <laughs> your pecs like that was okay to wear <laughs> you could wear that shirt around and people were like style what 
Are you and then in the 90s, Wait. people were like, cover that up. Yeah. So it, it plays into this time of kind of like, we're f- we're free-flowing, dude. It's yeah. all good. Do a bump. Like, who gives a shit? It's <laughs> the 80s, man. Like, live it up. I love that. In the 80s. But it's the 80s, man. Do a bump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just has that vibe. And I like, it's a really fun kind of character to play around with. Yeah. You know, you're not bound by these kind of, I don't know, these these male characteristics that I got got right. really intense inf- in the 90s. Yeah. And then, you know, we're coming back around a little bit now. We're open to things. But, like, it's a good dude. He seems like a cool dude. I didn't necessarily tie that to the time, but you're right. That is a cool way to look at it. Yeah, man. He's tucking his T-shirts into his fucking pants, yeah. bro. Like, that is – that you, you got to feel real good about yourself. <laughs> you just don't give a fuck. I I really admire it. The um The last thing I have – on my official list of what worked for me was I always love it in films when it's like the kids are the ones who clearly know what's up and all the rules. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if we just listen to them, Mm -hmm. everything would be okay. So just the moment when Christy, which is the sort of main um, interactor or first one, that's the demons going forward. Like when the demons going all out and stuff's going around and Katie's freaking out Christie's yelling, just ignore it and it will stop. Just ignore it. Right. Just ignore it. And it's well, it's so frustrating when it's like they literally don't listen to it. I mean, I get it, I guess, because it's like it's crazy stuff is happening and you freak <laughs> out. But I would, I don't know, I would listen to her. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was a uh, sort of catharsis for me behind that mm-hmm. of just like a, she knows it's as simple as this. Yet, because all these people just freaking the f out. They yeah, they're they're playing into the hand. Yeah, and she know she's young and and I guess quote unquote naive enough, but like you know, there's intelligence in her naivete. I think there's yeah. I think there's in a her different innocence, kind of intelligence. I, yeah. I think it's a it's a less muddled right. She's every not right. less hang ups right. The older you get, hang ups and. The older you get, the more stuff is piled on. Right. Meaning that in the context of this ghost story, demon story, we live in a world where demons don't exist. We live in a world where demons don't exist. We live in a world where demons don't exist. As years go on, that becomes more and more hammered in. Yeah, and you're right because they and they play off that in the first two movies where it's like we don't we're we've repressed this or we're ignoring the reality of these experiences we have, which is a very simple but like you know it's kind of what we do as artists i think you spend a lot of time as an artist trying to break through the the programming so that you can be a you can express yourself like you did when you were a kid and then you can kind of open the world up to play and to expression And, and in a weird way there's this undertone of that in these stories of like just that message of like simple like Get rid of the the noise, right? And just live on this sort of simple plane of existence, and Which things will be okay. I like to think Tim is what we're doing here today. It's all we do. We're keeping the dream alive. Just Tim want- and I just want to watch horror movies and yeah. talk about them, not overanalyze or intellectualize if it's important or not. We have fun doing it. Yeah. Hope you have fun listening <laughs> or being kids here. Yeah. Now, Join spe- us. speaking of which, um, the other two big sort of like fun moment scare things that i love are are physical ones uh katie getting hung by her hair oh yeah and dennis getting broken in half 
in a yeah it just reminded me in tokyo nights she got pulled off by her hair like super mm-hmm. slowly on the bed Ooh, it was creepy nice. but yeah this one to see it actually and she's a kid so it's like she's yeah. light enough to it you know and so like uh, in a way yeah it's i guess kind of tied to what we were just saying it's like i feel like the filmmakers really were open to just being like yeah we're gonna go there like let's just fuck like, where can we go and they and the demon I, does horrible stuff yeah <laughs> There's, we gotta show it fuck dude i love that yeah and it and it you know it did its job like both of those moments i mean all of the scares that i've sort of mentioned really got me riled up but like those two in particular i was like oh oh, (laughs) shit fuck i I remember (laughs) um I think that's all. We got a couple other sections to get yeah. to, Tim. Let's get into them. All right. What did not work? It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> minor, just minor. I didn't like, you know, there are acting moments that I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. Kids are hard. You know, you, 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 you hope for the best, but especially the younger kid, um, she had good, she had good moments and she had bad moments. Yeah. Like there were times when I was like, I, you, we are seeing her looking at the director for like advice. I didn't notice that at all. There, it happens a couple times early on and I was like, Jesus, (laughs) I don't know that pl- it just plays for me. It's just like it's it's real though, baby. She's just looking around. She's <laughs> yeah. It was a little wonky, um, right? Because you have long takes for these. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I got over it. Believe me. Um, I thought this was the best looking and sounding video equipment in the eighties. <laughs> it was almost as if it was from the future, Tim. <laughs> Sorry to be a smart ass, yeah. but that did distract me, especially when it's like yeah. it transitioned so sharply. Like if <laughs> right. you're going to, I get it. It's a personal taste thing. They went the direction of like Hollywood quality sound and picture, like right, new right. slick looking camera, but it starts with like the actual VHS quality mm-hmm. and then it snaps out of it at a certain a transition point. Yeah. When, I don't know. If you're going to go that direction, make it so it like it fades into it over 40 minutes or something. Right. Yeah. I don't know. And also just, I, when this is, I know this is what worked, did not work for me. This is very, just my style choice, but like, I would have much rather seen things less clearly and heard things less clearly and have it be that Uber real style, which Mm -hmm. the video camera, the home video, 80s home video camera aesthetic would have done. It's and a, that was neat. It's a, that's a that's a challenge. Yeah. I, I I but I wonder what the movie would be with that, and how much more we you and yeah. I would have liked it. But I get why you ex- make that executive sort I think of decision. I get I why think, people are insecure about. I don't know. I don't, that's a wrong way to put it. It's just playing it safe, and I just right. don't like that. I agree, but. I understand why the the producers right. make that choice. And I'll give it, there were moments where it was able to sort of be a certain cinematic thing going on mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. But like, I would have been 
just way more actually genuinely unnerved had it. Yeah. It would, you know, we were just talking about the importance of making it feel real. I just wasn't able to make the jump mm. like you did into it, I guess. Yeah. I can see that. Which is what the, my favorite thing of the first one I think was, was cause they had that sort of real and rawness to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 this is a weird thing to criticize because it is basically the premise of the whole franchise, but I get, I just don't, want people to comment on the fact that it's being filmed like oh you're still carrying that camera around why don't you put the camera i'm like yeah we we know like let's just let it let it yeah. be please don't don't add that into the script that, like, will, I, they did a pretty good job at like they only it did it like time. once or twice but i still was like just don't do it just don't say it who gives a shit like we know we're on board. We're, it's the third movie. Oh, oh it, I we don't see what need you're a character movie, to yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. can you just put the fucking camera down? Right. It's like, we know. <laughs> Stop it. It's the third one. It's like, so, God, there's a dude who carries a fucking camera around all the time. Like, we don't need don't, to justify it or like hang a lantern. It really it. is funny because you feel them talking directly to those people who are like, they just be do that. You know, you could hear the people just like <laughs> freaking out. It's like, chill out. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, you. But you get what I'm saying with that. Just like, I do. I how do. it could have been an opportunity to well here's the thing you're already mocking uh and what i mean by mocking not in the like make fun of way i mean you're doing a mock-up so when you're filming this movie you're using a digital camera right like you're you're not you're not actually well in some shots they probably are but for the most part you're using a real rig a modern rig yeah and then in post you're mocking it to look like a camcorder hardly no this one i think was the slickest looking out of them i agree like in a way so what i'm saying is it's a post effect yeah. to make it look dirty to make right. it Which look like vhs and so they one. yeah they 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 hedged on that had you tried well you couldn't really well maybe you could i don't know but had you tried to actually genuinely shoot on camcorder for a, for a at least for but just, just some humor me. Imagine me if they did that. How I, much more terrifying it would I be. I am agree. I'm totally yeah, yeah, agreeing. Yeah. I what I guess what I'm my counter or sort of my comment is I the the practicality of doing that. You can't. It, it would cost. Well, it wouldn't necessarily These cost people, more, but it would be more of a hassle. But the, that's they just spent right? two months to make this movie. It's like they're they, at this. They, they are not. Can you want imagine of budget you, at this point? Can Par- you this imagine? is a Paramount Pictures production. I know, so that Paramount is not going they can to afford old have, video cameras. Yeah, no, of course they can't. But they don't want to fucking deal with it. You'd have to fucking change out the VHS I and don't think, transfer it digitally. I don't think that's an issue onto- at all. I think they were just afraid to take a risk, or they just discounted. <laughs> they would rather not do the same. I don't even think they got to that question. Oh, probably not. But like, I'm just speaking in practical terms. In order to do it that way, it would be a fucking headache, and you would limit you would it's, you would cre- it's create not, limitations. It's, like, it's 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 as much. because you're you you're 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 using effects like you're gonna have to do post effects with this. I'm saying if you're doing a movie, you don't you should never cut corners unless you have to because of budget or time. Like I I think with I'm saying if you were making this movie, Tim, and you were like. And we were, if you and I were making this from the ground up and you're like, yeah, but I don't want to deal with it, even though it would be a way better movie. I'm like, <laughs> no, you see, it's yeah, like, don't, yes. that's not an excuse. No, I know. But you, you know, you're, you're making a movie for mass consumption that needs to be put out there. Right. Which is why I way. say I get that. Yeah. So 
I'm just saying, I guess we're I think we're kind of agreeing, but I'm 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 just plain devil's advocate a little bit. <laughs> and I was just... demon advocate <laughs> yeah. or maybe witch advocate. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying that would be a if it was really that, that would be a lame excuse, especially with all the uh Paramount money I'm sure they had. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like Yeah. <laughs> I get It'd be it. It'd a fun experiment. I get, I get it. Anyways, I um Sort of, sort of similar to that. It's like th- this is another like distinct thing with these films. They do in every single one, including Tokyo Night. Is uh, <laughs> the they have a low tone that kicks in when you're supposed to be scared, and it's like such a. It's yeah. like the music of this film. It's the soundtrack of this yeah. film. And every time I imagine it without that, like I get people aren't thinking about it when they're watching it. You know, it's not. It's not working that well, way. Yeah, it's but a, I am, it's a subconscious device that it's not to subconscious use. to me. I'm very conscious of it. Every well, time it comes to, on, they're trying to use it in that way. I agree. It's and, it. Yeah, it's every it's time too much of a cue. Yeah, every time I imagine it without it, it would be much scarier. Yeah, more. Uh, I know. I get it. Again, just not my style, not my taste. So one of the this I'm split on this, but one of the moments that we haven't mentioned that I like in. in I like it, but I think it didn't quite land. And this is to what sort of what we're talking about. When the earthquake happens and the dust falls onto the the ghost. That was cool. The, the concept I think is super cool. And I was like, whoa, rad. But unfortunately, because of that construct in practical sense of how you film that and how you depict it, I just found it to be... I'm like, I'm looking at an effect. It was the only time in the movie where I really... It was pretty CGE. That's what I mean. It was the only time where I was like, yeah, this is a CG thing. Yeah. And I and I was a little bummed and I'm like, I, they did an okay job of kind of masking it. But because like a lot of the time you're not watching the VHS version, you're watching him film the, the monitor when they're having the conversation later and they're playing it back. Yeah. And that that's looked cool. a little better it than looked, it, yeah, once it makes it better. But there's this fine line of me wanting to see it more clearly, and not wanting to see it as clearly. Right. It, I, so I was like, I, I, I mean, I think it was that was just as simple as like, I like the idea. I don't like the execution. Yeah. The CG yeah. looks too obvious. Right. Bam boom. So other than that. There's a little bit the the um the guy who is the babysitter. <laughs> this is stupid, but unfortunately they they didn't have to do this. This is why it annoys He's me. He's not the babysitter. He babysat. He babysat for that them. one time. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Yeah, because there, there is, is an actual babysitter. babysitter. Yeah. Um. So the I think his name's like Randy. Randy. Right. Yeah. So Randy. <laughs> in this is one of my favorite moments. Right. Like the they're in the bathroom. They play Bloody Mary. Whatever. I'm gonna forget exactly what the line was. Um, but when he comes in, he says a line, um, like, can't we just play? I I don't remember what it is. I'm going to make one up. Can't we just play dolls or something? He says that. And then later, 30 seconds later, whatever, he says the exact same line. It's almost like the actor, or they, they recut and they were like, oh, yeah, let's just go back to the top. Like, we're in a different place, but say say the lines again. 
And so he repeats the exact same line. It just seems odd to me that they would leave that in because he's not even on camera. They could fucking ADR any line, but they mat- they had him say the exact same line I, uh, with the same intonation. I could and put I just that, was like weird. I, I read it completely different. That was a moment that worked for me. I thought in his performance, you heard a progression in trying to like, I thought it was a clear way to show he was getting scared and demonstrated getting scared. And he's like, are you sure you don't want to do this? I agree. And I think the problem is, is that they had him say exactly the same thing. And I think if it had been like you just said, are you sure? Right. Just having a little bit of a. I know that's how I remember the line. That's what was. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. In the moment, I thought to myself, it's it's a line reading and he's line reading the same thing twice as opposed to what yeah. you're saying. It didn't translate for me to what you're saying. Got it. And so, you know, it, it, if the filmmakers were cool with it in the edit when they, they heard that it was exactly the same, I just personally disagree with that choice that it, it that it shouldn't be adjusted a little bit. When uh, you mentioned earlier... Um... You know how this was the carnival house of the, yeah. that that ilk of film, that level they're trying to reach. Yep. A big part of that for me is like, and this is kind of what makes it like this is this is at the same time it's fun. It's why I like watching the franchises is, is the same way you're like, wait, so if Friday the 13th 3 took place then, then wait, <laughs> how old would she be? Wait, what? You know, yeah. like that stuff. So just the liberties that they take that make it feel like it's pretty, there's a lot of holes in it or just sort of things aren't super clear. Like there was plenty of that going on this this movie. Well, you films. would know. Right. Well, I wouldn't. It's like people, I mean, a complaint for this one was, um, we know it's set up that the house is, that, that they were in a house together that burned down when they were kids. That didn't happen. I forgot about but like, that. But like whatever for that one. So for me, it was it was like when I was what I was saying about, OK, so if it's are the witches. Rel- OK, so the witches are relying <laughs> on that. They will act on their fear to make uh-huh. it more powerful. But are they also relying on that any given time they're going to decide to play Ouija board or Bloody Mary and summon it out more? Right. Like, <laughs> right. Hmm. Things like that. Well, that's what made me. I like what have, I didn't come away thinking that what was opening the door, so to speak, was Bloody Mary. I I took that more that it was just sort of enhancing or pushing it along. That's that what I meant. That they're opening themselves. Right, right, right. Up. But that the thing is already. It's already there. Right. It's already fucking but around it's, with it. It does make it clearly worse each time. I don't know. It right. was just the, I, I see what you're saying. They're just examples of when they're trying to build off of what was set up in the first one yeah. in ways that total that aren't totally tight. And what's the alternative? Like if things didn't work out the way the witches wanted it to, what would that look like? Like <laughs> yeah. is it is it incumbent on them to do these things in yes. order for their plan to work out? And if so, that's a stretch and shit. Like and this is how just, lucky. <laughs> this is just an example. They aren't they and, and they aren't translating to me as the the good kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going on, so it's scary and it's a mystery. It's just kind of like, wait, what's going on? Because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah. it feels like I'm supposed to know. Yeah. I actually think that uh, if, if we were to watch this again, we would catch a bunch of little clues. I just watch them. I'm not going to do it again. But <laughs> I do have to make it to the end, though. I got to watch the last two. I feel like I made it this far. Just in us talking about this, though, I realize a thing and I would want to go back and just sort of check 
the it was a good device so well let's go or do you have any more things that didn't work yeah one last okay one. go and then we'll go into things that know and i'll say what i was gonna say like you're saying how it was cool how it you liked the it was there in the 80s and that as a mm-hmm. setting i with it wasn't just the video quality that i already complained about <laughs> right that put me not in the 80s but i swear everyone all the family member members and randy looked like they could have be modern day like i did have that thought i like agree. their dressing clothing to me their everything their hairstyles everything yeah. about yeah. them looked modern day but then you had this babysitter stepped in step in who looked like <laughs> from an 80s cartoon or like right. the most kind of like yeah. stereotypical 80s whatever tv show something right yeah <laughs> like an archie comp no archie was 50s um a little inconsistent yeah <laughs> And it's just like, oh, whoa, we're, I get, okay, Rand, yeah, right, Rand, we're in the Randy 80s. in particular, I was like, that, I mean, that's like my neighbor. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. They looked like they were modern day, except for this babysitter but woman who enters. Just to counterpoint that, we are 30 years removed, right? Or, yeah, we're 30-ish years removed. And the way fashion sort of does its turnaround, that's, that's about right. Yeah. We are... Young, you know, young fashion is sort of is sort of matching up to the mid 80s right yeah. now. So it wasn't just that it could have been modern time. It could have been any time since the 80s. That's true. Yeah, 90s, I'm, with, I'm with you. I'm, it was I'm felt super reach, generic. I'm reaching to justify it. Okay. <laughs> but then it was just that could have been OK. And maybe I wouldn't have noticed it. But then it just cracked me up that the babysitter was so obviously right, 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 right. That. Yeah, it's like you got to make a choice. Yeah. Like stay in the lane. Or, yeah, or use the lane accordingly. Like, (laughs) I don't know. All right. Things of note. Yeah. Things of note. (laughs) This should be interesting. Okay. So what I realized while we were talking is there's a thing, um... That I liked, but, you know, the the device was that the little door that um, leads to the crawl space sort of storage thing in their room. Mm-hmm. What would you call it? Is that what you would call it? I just call it like a crawl little, space closet. <laughs> yeah, like a little cubby hole type thing. The do- On that door handle is a necklace or beads of some oh, yeah. sort. And I never thought to really look that closely. I'm sure it's in a few shots where you could look closely at it. But they used it as a sound cue to let you know that the door was opening or about to open because it would tap. And then, and when it happened the first couple of times, it was a little too subtle. I was like, I, I just didn't know what I was supposed to be hearing. Uh, later, I realized that it's those, oh, I didn't that necklace that. and those beads. And I realize now that that's probably a clue as well. It probably is like, a witchy sort of thing. I think that's the, it may be the necklace that they're giving back and forth to each other in the other films. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I, it didn't occur to me while we were watching it so much, but now that we're talking about the what's connected and what is whatever. So I think that's cool. I mean, yeah, sort of more noteworthy than like it didn't work or not work for me. It just sort of was like, Oh cool. Yeah. 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 That's probably a thing. Yeah. Um, and it speaks a little bit to the the broader story of like the grandma probably fucking hung that thing on there. Exactly. Right? So yeah, cool. What yeah, else you got? Cool. Um, I'm trying to figure out what it's called, Tim. 
there's a thing that these movies are a good example of, and it just kind of it's hmm. okay. I'm Found gonna, I'm footage. Gonna use, I'm going to use non these not these films as an example too. But when something is specific to a film, saying "aha, it's the this one," it's the it's the coating or the flavor or the clothes that it's wearing. It's it's when you call when something is between recognizable and iconic. Not as far as iconic, but but mm. a little more in that direction than recognizable. Novel. So, no. Uh. Let me let's show you my examples first. Okay. So in Paranormal Activity Two, having the uh, not great the what's the what's the dog called the German Shepherd? Sure. Dog on the poster and like in the trailers, you go like, oh, it's it's like the German Shepherd one. Like you don't think that you don't say that like, oh, it's cool because it's a German shepherd, you know, right. but it like becomes sort of implanted in you. So as that... Oh, it, it makes you want to see it because it's OK. Oh, there's a, oh, there's a German shepherd. But you aren't thinking that, you know, right. familiar. And then in uh, I haven't seen either of these movies, but uh, what's the 21 and 22 Jump Street? <laughs> yeah. The 22 Jump Street. It's like came out what like 2014 15 or whatever sure. and it's like something very much of that time that summer was uh sunglasses with colored frames so you have jonah <laughs> hill and channing tatum wearing colored sunglasses sunglasses with colored frames yeah and it makes you go oh man hmm. it's like before but oh they're wearing colored frames now and again <laughs> you aren't thinking or saying any of those things actually but that's like what it's eliciting it's and it's not indicative. like yeah, well, it is of indicative of something. It's zeitgeisty. No, I mean those are in that sense, but the a uh, 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 German sh- uh, shepherd I isn't. I know. It's, and it's oh, I get what you're saying. It's not quite iconic. Yeah, it's like it's iconography, right? Being used to kind of elicit a, I want to, you know, oh, yeah. I want to see it like that, you know? Shit, I don't know. But I, I hear what you're saying. I just think that's think. interesting and noteworthy as a phenomena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how it's used in marketing and how it is effective and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, the box office I thought was kind of interesting on this one. It uh, it it was it was the highest opening weekend for a horror film up to to date of that of that time. I think uh, Get Out crushed it, but. Um, and maybe something else in between this and, and get out and us probably for all I know, but it was, uh, the Friday to, uh, gross, just the Friday was 26.2 million. I mean, that's an estimate, but that's what it says on Wikipedia. Um, which is a be- oh, best opening, opening day gross, um, for, for a film since, uh, um, uh, blah, 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 for a horror film. Okay. Um, which is cool. I mean, the, you know, midnight screenings. Yeah. Third, a third film in well, a, they in were a, smart. They always released these in October. That's true. Yeah. That helps a fucking lot. Um, so I did watch the f- first five movies up through four. Do you want to hear the, what I took away from each one as far as what I liked about each one? I'll try to get through it quick. Boy, do I. Okay. <laughs> the first one I thought was the, actually the scariest because it was the low, like the low budget. It's cool. sort of like how we've talked about before. The original of whatever and the the Ringus and yeah, all the yeah. Juan and all those, you know, texting and saw whatever it is. There's something when it's it's raw or it's pure. True. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> pure. You know, I like that. Exactly. Um and it also did a good job not explaining things. I remember in the first one it's like 
the uh, photo of them as kids is has a scorched edge mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. shows up in their attic. And it's like, how did this get here? And it sort of puts you in this, it's, it strikes you in this way. It's like, oh God, we don't know the rules of how mm. these demons work. Do they keep things? Do they have a place to put things? They don't have pockets. What is going on? But then in the second one, it's just like, oh no, they put that there or something. In the right, second right. one, it's like, no, they put it there as part of the passing on the cursor, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the first one is good. Not explaining things. Most scary. Pure. Second one, there was something about, I kind of already mentioned this, but it was like seeing this family get their comeuppance where it's like they're even they're 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 richer they're like uber skeptical the guy you know to to sort of see Mm -hmm. him being forced to come around and get that comeuppance and then the fact that they're guilty passing it on yeah it was was satisfying seeing them them uh as the victims that one was what was fun about the second one then the second second one (laughs) right which is paranormal activity (laughs) 2 tokyo night that took that was released a few days before paranormal activity 2 here whoa so it's actually okay the first of the two sequels um did it come out uh the same day as uh fast and furious 2 tokyo (laughs) drift (laughs) no after um so it was just fun because it was, you know, I, I guess Tokyo setting, it's in the title, but, yep. you know, Japanese setting. Um, it was interesting. It was a sibling relationship. It was like the there's two like older, like the 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 boy is like oh. 19. The sisters maybe like um like mid or late 20s kind of. Okay. Mid 20s maybe. And they, they have a father. Together? Yeah, because they have a father who's like a businessman who's always gone. Gotcha. And it's, you know, as I said, the young woman is the one getting the... Uh, is the the main the main victim mm-hmm. um but it was cool so it was because it was a sibling relationship it was different they were in the different rooms and you saw that dynamic be different there's then of course just everything that was a cultural difference in right. that where it's like the 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 boy first first thing he does is like he leaves salt out like in her room mm. as a sort of like thing to ward off yeah, or protect like superstitious and she's like like oh freaking out like oh no what that means something's happening da, 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 da. <laughs> um but you know that he just did that as a given first up and then at one point they have friends come over and like one of them's sensitive to these things and oh. she like freaks out and actually that was a really cool scene cool. she like spazzes out and then has to leave um and then also, you know, I told you she is uh, the main character in this one had an injury. So both of her legs were broken. And Jesus. so that was this whole kind of like rear window dynamic of someone being, you know, physically ah, helpless. Yeah. Vulnerability. A yeah. And then you had to have the brother helping her. And it was great because like to give away part of the ending, it's like when she uh, gets when she's in possessed mode or whatever, she's walking around oh, the house with the shit. broken legs and it's like, oh, gross. Doh. Yeah, you know, like that. you hear it. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, just thinking about it. That was great. Um, and then, so the third paranormal activity, which was our topic of discussion today, what was the favorite about that for me was even though it didn't look like the 80s, it still had the 80s setting. Mm-hmm. It did something, you know, no cell phones around. That was cool. But then having it be the two girls as the centerpiece, yeah. I think that was, that was getting interesting. And then the fourth one, the lead girl in that. I think she's like is, a teenager, yeah, right? She's like yeah. teenage. She's the best in any of them. She like oh, brings you into the movie. It really, yeah, she really carries the film. Cool. Um, and then you have the a super creepy kid in this one is kind of at the centerpiece too. And just his casting and his performance is 
pretty incredible. And then with this one too, the fourth one, you have the dynamic of like that, the creepy kid, he like moved in across the street with Katie, presumably. And uh, so there's this, this interesting dynamic of like, oh, the new creepy neighbors kind of thing. And you sort of have this other location that sort of Mm. is unique to this one that uh, plays into really well, especially at the end. It's like always the source of like, oh, it's feels like captures that sort of haunted house on the street feel. It's fun. And then um, it was really smart. You know, you're saying you didn't quite like the uh, the dust or that looked fake that when the dust Mm -hmm. fell in this one, this one, it's. It, it used the PlayStation Move or something. It's like the PlayStation's answer to the Wii that came out, you know, around oh, 2010. Right. I remember yeah. this. And it like basically puts out infrared dots over anything. Yeah, and it so can every time, you. yeah. So every time it's nighttime, you have this view that's really cool and creepy looking of like dots on yeah, everything. Yeah, the stick figure thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember um, that. Wait, what? The stick figure. Like if it if you're on those things, like if it uh, if it sees that a human is there, it goes it it. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That's it, how like, it works. Connects the dots to be like, oh, look, a person right. is in the room. That's not in the movie. You don't see it on screen, but just you see that that view of the dots on it is mm-hmm. how the camera looks. So it's great when you have like either the the demon presence you kind of see the outline moving or like a person sitting there and you don't see them at first kind of thing. It was neat. Oh, and then also on the PlayStation, it was great because the two kids, they're playing it and they've set up an avatar for the demon character. And it's just like this totally white, like stern faced, like avatar. <laughs> and then the the sister goes, oh, is that uh, what your friend looks like? And they go, yeah. And it's just there's something really cool and creepy about like, that's how they see this uh, demon. Cool. And, uh, you know, Tim, I think if you had fun with the third one, you should... Uh, Maybe revisit the fourth one. I told you. I mean, now that I remember which was which, I was baked as fuck when I watched <laughs> that. So I don't remember much of it. I, I remember did. liking it. Right. Because I, I was f- fucking high. You might as well uh, continue the train of liking the third, I'm saying, if you uh, <laughs> check out these others. Cool. Okay. That was those. Wait. did you? So did you watch the fifth? The, no, I watched the, the fourth last night because um, we watched the third what's one. What's the fifth one called? Uh, Marked Ones. And then there's Ghost, Ghost Dimension, Dimension, and that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I might as well see them through, but... So there's four, five, six. So there's seven total. I'll report back yeah. next week. <laughs> Great. Um, the last things of note. Did you have any other things of note? Nah. So I mean, this is... I had... Um, yeah. No, I don't... Not really. You, you know, I mentioned there's that the low tone that came in, the rumble mm-hmm. that came in. I had to wonder if that tone was the there is a fear tone there's yes. a fear frequency yep yeah do you think that might have been it i would or assume so. in it? i would assume so they I play mean, it all during the end credits too they just leave yeah. it going um i mean that's why you do it right so like if you're doing it and it's not that i used it in an audio project up. it is disconcerting i bet um and then <laughs> gives you a little rumble in the bumble if you know what i mean no, no it just no. makes you feel gross and bad that's what i'm saying <laughs> I feel like you need to take a doo-doo. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's the brown noise. Oh, right. And then uh, <laughs> second to last thing of note, it just I kept seeing the name Akiva Goldsmith on like the producers mm-hmm. of this. I'm like, I can recognize that name for so many so familiar. He's mostly known as a writer. Oh. 
who I can't say I'm the biggest fan of because he did uh, Cinderella Man, but he did, you know, iRobot, which was a guilty pleasure, Beautiful Mind, okay. Lost in Space and Practical Magic, Batman and Robin, Batman wow. Forever. Wait, he was a writer on yep, all these? all of these. Jesus. He wrote the Divergent series, Insurgent. Oh, God, um, those are... Those Transformers, are unwatchable. The last night he had a story credit and was nominated for a Raspberry Oof. Award. Come on, dude. The writer on the Dark Tower film that flopped. Well, he's he's making money. But he's a super recognizable name. I don't know. He's, you know, from all those movies. Yeah. My last thing of note, Tim. Great. Was that night, uh, two nights ago after we watched the film. I was tired and I fell asleep on my back, which I try to do, but don't do often. And I had an instance of sleep paralysis Ooh, to an, the a, best. an extent. It's the best. It was weird. I didn't know. I maybe had it a couple times before. I don't really remember, but it was like, it wasn't, it felt more like I was attached to the dream state versus mm -hmm. sure. real life. Yeah. Like, cause it would have been really, if it felt like real, then this would have been really scary so but, you you weren't in full i think it's called a hypnopompic hallucination okay. when you're when you're when you've come out of the dream and you're still like you're Got consciously it. having the hallucination as opposed to i may be getting this kind of wrong but the other version is a hypnagogic uh -huh. and i think that's gogic. what you're or gogic yeah i think that's what you're describing where you're more on the dream side but it was still like i was i knew i was in my room and i was just lying there and it was like i was so close to sleep but I was just trying to struggle to move so bad, and I couldn't. Was there a demon on your chest? Yes. No, not, not on my chest. But why oh, shit. I had to mention this because of this film. Something that I think was introduced in the third one that wasn't in the second one was the um, the shadow shape uh -huh. quickly running by. Yeah, yeah. That happened like three times next to my bed. Fuck, dude. Your place is haunted. <laughs> You're haunted. You are possessed. <laughs> I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. I might be talking to Ryan. I and might I be talking to a demon. Like, my place isn't even that big for it to keep. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. Maybe your place was built on an ancient burial ground. Yeah. Fuck. Let's do seance there. Nope. Let's get the Ouija board nope. out. I've told you about my Ouija board experience. <laughs> I know. But so so much that when I watch these films now and like in the first Paranormal Activity and the second one, when they leave the planchette, mm -hmm. like without their hands on it, I'm like, what are you doing? And that was in the first, <laughs> like whatever Insidious movie I watch or The yeah. Conjuring 2 maybe, where it's like they leave it underneath the bed, but then they have it just on there. It's mm -hmm. like, you aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I, I feel that now. I want to yell at them. Yep. Cool, man. Things of note. Great. All right. Well, now we're on to recommendations, which, what do you have? Uh-oh. What do I have? <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. What did I watch? Well, okay, mine's easy. You know what? I'm going to recommend Ed, uh, Paranormal Activity 2, Tokyo Night, because if you liked these films, then that's not one you should <laughs> overlook. If you're someone who doesn't just fall into the camp of, yeah, but they're all, yeah, it's just the same thing. Then, and if you actually like what that same thing is, well, check it out with a Japanese flavor. And as I described, some other fun stuff going on. Um, I was watching uh, this. Uh, there's a documentary on Shudder. I don't remember what it's called. It's the Hellraiser documentary. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, it's it's 
I forget what it's called, but well, it'll be in our show notes. Yeah, yeah, it'll be down there. But it's pretty fucking cool. The making of Hellraiser documentary on it's, Shutter. It's pretty low budget. The doc, the doc, but whatever. I mean, it's fine. It is interesting though because like I didn't really realize that. Um, what's the dude who did Hellraiser? Clive Barker. Clive Barker, right? Like I don't know anything about him, but he's. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff that just was like, oh, cool. He was, you know, he's a British dude. I didn't know that and didn't know that he was like a crazy genius artist that like every I mean, maybe it's the documentary, but everybody is like, you guys don't like this guy's a fucking genius. And he did. He was like a really good draw. Like he did all these sketches for the design of all of the, the, you know, characters and whatever, like, and they show some of that stuff. It's really cool. So, you know, I mean, we're all fan of Hellraiser here. It's great. Yeah. So you're right. I've been wanting to watch that. One of the things that I found really interesting in there is like my favorite scene in Hellraiser is, is when in the first, whatever, 10 minutes or whatever. And I posted this on our Instagram is when, um, the dude dies and then he like reforms. That was a pickup. They did that after they had filmed the whole movie and they had gotten some more funding and they were like, shit, we should, you know, we have this money. We should fucking have a morphine scene that really like is really fucking cool. It was a cool And say so they re they rebuilt the set like they or they rebuilt the room as a set. So they had a raised floor so they could do all yeah. of this this puppetry shit that they do. And I, you know, it's an, it's such a funny thing to me to, to realize some of the times the, like the, the truly iconic stuff that you see was not an original to the, you know, to filmed originally. It's like, after the fact, they're like, we need one more cool thing. And then they, because yeah. they know what the movie is at that point. And cause it's so good and they can yeah, show people, Hey, they, give us more they money. Go, shit. We can hone in on making, that one extra fucking amazing thing. Yeah. So I think sometimes reshoots or I think they shouldn't be called reshoots. I think that Pick-ups. makes it. Yeah. It's always been called a pickup. Reshoots gives it this connotation. Well, of those like happen you too. Up. That, but those are a thing. True. They're different words for different things. But I think nowadays people just largely just use the term reshoots to for, as a catch all. When they should be saying pickups. There's reshoots, additional filming, and pickups. Right. They're anyway, all different things. Point being, it's a cool documentary. Check it out. That's that's mine. Uh, I just found real quick, Tim, you were wondering what my alternative, alternative phrase for promise of the premise oh, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, when we watched Mom and Dad pursuing potent possibilities. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you so go. Good. My turn to pull from the hat. Yep. What will Get next into it. film be? That one. No, that one. Not that one. Okay, that one. Oh, the smaller one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes! Wrong turn, ladies and yes! gentlemen. God, we're... <laughs> Tim, I don't have the time to watch a whole nother franchise here. <laughs> oh, shit. You well, know what I think we should do? Is now that we've watched Wrong Turn, or that we will have watched Wrong Turn, uh-huh. we put Wrong Turn 2 in the hat. Okay. And this will be our franchise that over the course of the life of this podcast, we watch through. <laughs> watch me pull it next week. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to leave that in there because that's yeah, great. Wrong turn too now. Fuck yeah. Cool. <laughs> Wrong turn though. That was a big movie for me and my friends when I it came out. It. Fuck yeah. It. And it's been quite a long time. So it should be fun to put it in the, get it in the books. So to yeah. Speak. 
All right. Well, Sweet, you dude. You can find us at dismemberinghorror.com. We're on Anchor now, so we're on all your podcasting platforms. Yeah, excited about that because there's, yeah, there's a bunch of platforms that they now throw us on. <laughs> Which, you know, makes our lives easier because we don't have to think about it. And we're on Twitter at dishor at at dishorror pod. <laughs> and we are on Instagram at at dismembering horror. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. And let's, I'm let's get into it. I'm Ryan McDuffie. Come, I'm come at Mayor McDuffie yeah. on Instagram. I'm Tim Aslan. I'm, I'm at Tim Aslan on Instagram and Twitter and I don't know facebook yeah don't friend me on facebook <laughs> like i don't know you <laughs> just talk to me on twitter or fucking something yeah talk to us on twitter or instagram we have it we like talking and if you have a film to submit to us oh yeah that, that. you want to hear tim oh, aslan yeah. and i talk about you can email us yes at that the links on our website that we mentioned but it's we're just dismembering horror at gmail.com hell yeah we'll add it to the hat and pull it someday and we'll let mm, you know when we mm, pull it mm, mm great mm. three is a magic number what did you determine that was from schoolhouse rock yeah <laughs> okay three is a magic number <laughs> that singer yeah anyways thanks for tuning in folks uh we have what's we have a sign off so it is um in uh in wrapping up no in closing there it is <laughs> well everyone in closing thanks for listening We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.